1: what you need, really listening, tuning in, doing the repair work, you know, creating those affirmations and doing the repair work. And it's very simple. It's just so simple. I mean, you can do it every day, all the time. It might be putting your hand on your chest, taking a deep breath in, like, of course, you're scared or, oh, angry people scare you or loud noises scare you. And just speaking to yourself like you would speak to a younger child.
0: (laughs) You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 557, with guest Sabelle Botran. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I, as usual, am so glad that you are here, that you have chosen to spend your time with me today and my guest, which I am excited for this topic and the guest, and it's a topic that I have personally been interested in for a while, throwing in a little inner child work, inner Work, which is so important, I believe, to getting to a great place in our life. Have you ever? Side note: ADHD time warp. Have you ever bit the side of your the inside of your mouth while you're eating, which shoots a pain so intense throughout your body that it you know can make your eye also twitch? Well, you you bite it, and then it creates like a like a mouth wound. Oh my God, I have one of those and I haven't had one in so long. And it makes me talk weird, or at least I feel like I'm talking weird. Like I can't move my mouth a certain way without it hurting. So, you know, if I have to endure the pain, you have to hear about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I'm, if you're nodding your head, thank you for being able to relate to this pain. All right. As I said, this this guest has been a long time coming. She's someone I've known for a very long time. You'll hear a little bit more about her in just a minute. But I also wanted to mention that I have a couple of openings for coaching this fall and winter. If anyone is interested in getting some extra support privately from yours truly, head on over to andreaowen.com slash links. That's where you'll find all the important links that you might need, including the button to push to read more about my coaching packages, as well as fill out an application and see if it's right for you. The work that I do with women is very, I feel like intimate is the right word, but it's also not the right word because that feels very like inappropriate for a professional relationship. It's intimate in the way of we really dive into your life. You are a top priority with my schedule, with my time, with my energy, with my expertise, my tools, my uh, my accountability. I have a client right now and I text her every single morning to see what's on her agenda for that day because she's really wanting to have more productivity and stay on task and just create the momentum that she needs to be able to not have me in her life anymore once we're done working together. So that's just some quick examples of of what's possible if we work together. AndreaOwen.com slash links. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Sabelle Botran is a she recovers and holistic recovery coach who works with sober or sober curious women who want to let go of people-pleasing and perfectionism, build brave boundaries, and rediscover their inner child. She offers individual one-on-one coaching and workshops and is the creator of ReParent, a unique online group coaching experience. Her coaching practice encourages women to look inside and connect with their most tender selves. She is the mother of three adult children, has been married for 31 plus years, lives in Miami, Florida, and loves listening to podcasts while walking outside. So without further ado, here is Sabelle. Sabelle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for asking me to be here. I am so excited to have you on for many reasons. One is that you're a past client and I got to know your work from that. So, and that being said, another reason is like, I believe in this work so much. Um, it, it's kind of like the reparenting thing is kind of a little bit of a, a buzzword these days. Is it having a moment?
1: You know, it's interesting. Someone just said to me yesterday, I keep hearing reparenting. And I feel like just a few months ago, someone told me like, no one knows what that is. So I feel like there are definitely people who are, you know, interested in reparenting and inner child work. And so Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe it's having a moment.
0: Maybe it's having a moment. Well, I hope it does. And I I hope that you are at the forefront of that. Because again, this work is so important. And and I'll I'll say it from the beginning and not that we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about it. The the way we originally know each other is from the the circles of recovery. Mm-hmm. And so you are sober. How long have you been
1: sober? I just celebrated 12 years in July.
0: Congratulations. Yeah, so we're about the same GPT. same time, I think. Mm-hmm. That's true. I will well, by the time this comes out, I will have 12 years uh in my uh, mine's in September, the end of September. Yeah, Litter mates. Literally, (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Yes. All right. Well, let's, I I first want to know, I I get curious often when people do specific time types of personal development work or, you know, different modalities is how they, how they, got super into it. So like how did you find yourself in inner child work and like why did you decide to sort of run with it in your own practice as a as a coach and a and a healing facilitator?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I got sober 12 years ago and a lot of the sober journey, once you remove the numbing agent, whatever that is, in my case it was alcohol, there's kind of this opportunity to do deeper work, right? I am a She Recovers coach. So I'm very involved with She Recovers Foundation and I love their retreats. And Taryn Strong is for me a, an amazing person and uh, kind of creates spaces where I really feel like I can find myself. So I was on a recovery retreat with She Recovers in Canada in five years ago. And, um, suddenly my inner child appeared in the, on the yoga mat in front of me and she was pissed. She was so angry and Ooh. she was about nine years mm-hmm. old. And when I say up here in front of me, I don't mean like I had saw an apparition or anything. It's just, I could sense it was her. And it was around the same time that um, me too had mm. emerged again. Stranger things had come out and the character 11 was a very angry uh, young girl. So it was a, a few things that kind of, I think stirred things up for me. And um that's what happened so i got curious about why why is that part of me coming up and why is she so angry and Mm -hmm. so um a few months later i i started to dive into inner child work which led me to the modality of reparenting myself and i have found it to be the singular most powerful way to take care, good care of myself, take care of my mental health, just thrive in sobriety, kind of go back and repair and give myself what I always needed.
0: I always like to hear, you know, people's personal stories of like how they found this particular work. And I just want to kind of say just a really quick personal anecdote to, to tag on to what you said. And years ago, you know, I've, I've interviewed hundreds of people and a handful of them talk about the trauma that we encounter as you know in our childhood and our family of origin and when I would hear people talk about that, I always thought to myself like well yeah you know that's I can see why that would affect people later in life and whether they struggle with addiction or not um but I never I never could relate when people would talk about having you know like their nine-year-old self and I was like, well I I had it pretty easy until I was a teenager and never really thought that that counted, you know, cause we hear inner child a lot. And like, I, I think of a, a child up until, you know, like 13 ish, and then you become a teenager, like you're still a, a child, but it's just different. And all of my trauma is definitely inner teenager, inner teenager for sure. And so I just wanted to put that out there. You know, if people, some people have trauma as in from childhood and inner teenager, but I think it can feel a little bit different. So I just wanted to put that out there.
1: Yeah. And also, I want to say, like, if you had heard me in 2011 tell my recovery story, it would have been like, I had a great childhood. Uh, My dad died when I was in second grade. And that was it. Oh, my God. And that was it. You know, like, everything was great. My family was really close. So it's (laughs) Except for that major drama. But not only that, though, it was like, over time, I was like, oh, and I experienced bullying. Oh, the family enmeshment oh, you know, like untreated mental health situation. So it, it, I think it takes time to figure out what your particular, you know, the reasons that you felt abandoned or misunderstood or alone mm-hmm. or scared, you know. Right. and or not
0: heard. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and
1: not um, comparing it to kind of this idea of what trauma is, but your own particular experiences that are very, True to yourself. So I think that's mm-hmm. part of the evolution as well. And then I yeah. love that you talked about the inner teen because when I think of little Savelle, she's anywhere, she's usually around like eight or nine, but sometimes people feel their inner child at like two or three all the way up to, I would say like 10 or 11. And then this inner teen energy emerges, which is really different. And it took me a while to distinguish, you know, to really hear the inner teen. And they're very different from each other. My Mm -hmm. inner teen, when she comes out, she's usually feeling really sassy. She's swearing. She is mad, super mad about stuff. Super mad. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. she has, you know, like no tolerance. It's just like, ew. Well, the little The inner child is also like ew as well. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I can see how it would have a little bit different, different energy. So I want to shift gears slightly and and ask you about like what is it like generally speaking, what does it mean to reparent? I know we're gonna get into the acronym, but before we do that, like Mm -hmm. can you like when people ask you like what what is that what does it mean? What do you do? What what is it what is reparent?
1: So, to reparent is to show up for yourself in your adult body, finely attuned to your inner parts, So you know, similar to internal family systems by Richard Schwartz, mm-hmm. that the idea is that you have these different parts that developed at different part- times in your life. And we all can relate to parts because we're like, a part of me really wants to do this or... Yeah, we say that a lot. Yeah. Mm. So, it's kind of understandable. Um the, that, you, that we would have different parts. And the idea of reparenting is that you become your own inner loving parent. So you become, sometimes we call this the wise mind self, the higher self, you know, so mm-hmm. it, it's, we kind of understand this concept, the universal, like, loving uber mama self or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So we get to provide for ourselves as adults what we needed as a child or what we even need right now. And so if this is really turning away from that kind of punishing critical mind self, which is also called the inner critic. Right. Turning, you know, when we come into recovery, a lot of times our inner critic is huge and the part of us is compassionate and can feel compassion and self-compassion is very small, not as developed. Yeah. And Everybody has that. We have that towards animals. We have that towards, um, young children where we feel that, you know, the elderly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So we have, we do have that. And it's just the idea is that we're developing that part of ourselves. Um, so it increases and gets larger towards ourself so that our inner critic, which we don't want to, you know, ostracize and kick off the island because no parts are bad. That's, that's internal mm-hmm. family systems. So the inner critic we just see as our protector. You know, different mm-hmm. people call this ego or, you know, but that protective part, it's kind of, you know, nice to think of her as just like kind of a little bit clum The way I think of her is like a little bit clumsy, and doesn't, you know, she's like, stop it or don't act like a baby. She doesn't yeah, really yeah, have that right mm-hmm. words, but her intentions are good. And then the reparenting is really showing up for yourself in a new way, giving yourself what you need, really listening, tuning in doing the repair work, you know, creating those affirmations and doing the repair work. And it's very simple. It's just so simple. I mean, you can do it every day, all the time, it might be putting your hand on your chest, taking a deep breath in, like, of course, you're scared or angry people scare you or loud noises scare you and just speaking to yourself, like you would
0: speak to a younger child. Okay, so I would love to because I know you have a a program. We can talk about that at the end. the The Reparent program. I, I know that, and it's also an acronym, which we love a good acronym. <laughs> you know, easy to remember, easy to walk through. So, can you? Would you? Can we spend the rest of our time together walking us through each of those letters and, and what they mean in terms of your own healing?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I had one of those, you know, sudden downloads that I could take the word. Oh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> Just like tuned in, and I could take the word reparent and turn it into an acronym. And um, so that's what I did. And so the first letter is R, which is reparent. So reparenting, as I just explained, is showing up for yourself in a whole new way. And so it's really about um, taking care of your own needs for safety, love, and belonging, so that we're not like outwardly focused and expecting others to do that. Not Mm. That doesn't mean that we can't be in relationships where we, you know, get our, you know, ask for our needs and um, we're in community, but we're really uh, moving away from blaming others. Like you're scaring me because you're doing this or you're not doing this right, but we're turning inwards and we're meeting our own needs for safety, love, and belonging. As Kelly McDaniels, who wrote Mother Hunger says, you know, a young child has the needs for nurturance. So, nurturing, protection, and then later on as as kind of a tween and a teen, the guidance where they need the role modeling. And so, we're Mm -hmm. doing that for ourselves as well. We're nurturing ourselves, we're protecting ourselves, and guiding ourselves. So, the letter R is really about just what is reparenting and how does it work. Um, It can Mm -hmm. also involve, you know, discovering the inner child and the inner teen, although it's really important to develop the inner loving parent part of yourself because the inner child and the inner teen kind of might be in hiding. And so okay. they might not want to kind of come out until you start building that self-trust.
0: Can you can you give an example of what that might look like, you know, if you're taking someone through this, you know, either privately or, or in a group and that happens, like the inner child and inner teen don't want to come out? What, what What might that look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I really start with, I actually have a class called Inner Child Work for Beginners. And I start with just whatever is you're experiencing is what you're experiencing. So a lot of times- And it's not wrong. Yeah, there's no right or wrong way. It's just your experience. So a lot of people, when they hear the word inner child or the words inner child, or they think of an inner child or they hear an inner child work, they might feel frozen, completely frozen. Like I don't have
0: any memories from childhood. Yeah. I've talked to some people who feel that way, who yeah. experience that. Or like
1: mm-hmm. my my inner child is in the deep freeze or my inner child is hiding behind the sofa, you know, just completely mm-hmm. away in the attic. There's, there's not. They're not coming out. They might feel anger, fur- you know, furious, angry. Like when you say in the words inner child, Sabelle, I feel so angry. I've heard that. Some people feel really scared. Like, I don't want to know. The stuff. I don't want to remember the stuff. So I'm afraid of doing this work. Some people feel grossed out. They're like, ew. Like, oh, that's a weird term from the eighties and I don't trust it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like like hippie su- therapy. Yeah, hippie, yeah. pseudo, you know. So some people feel grossed out. Um, some people feel really sad. And some people feel curious. Or something else. So I always start with whatever you're feeling is what you're feeling. Like that is yeah. completely normal. And so if, if somebody is saying, I can't find my inner child or I don't, or the, my inner child doesn't want to interact with me because we do like a guided meditation and different exercises, you know, you get young pictures of yourself when you're younger and we do journaling. We do all of these activities. It's just about acceptance and really, you know, cultivating that inner trust. One way that I that I recommend listening to your, you know, how you listen to yourself and then you override it and you do something else. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just no all the time. Yeah, it's like one of my hobbies. <laughs> right. So it's just like those little ways that you can listen to yourself and then actually follow through, and then mm-hmm. that's starting to build that self trust. Like I, you're you're a reliable adult in my life. You, you can, I can count on you. You're the adult in the room. You're trustworthy, you know, and that's following Mm -hmm. through with your intentions or what you want.
0: Uh, That reminds me of something that, that happened to me. I'm going to, we need to take a quick ad break. I'm going to tell you the story what happened. Like when my, when my dad died in 2016, we'll be right back. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. With Shopify POS, you can accept credit cards, mobile payments, and every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com noise, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash noise to take your retail business to the next level today that's shopify.com noise bills and other things to pay for don't just come bi-weekly and neither should your paycheck the money you earn can be in your hands today with earnin earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to one hundred dollars per day or up to seven hundred and fifty dollars per pay period just download the earnin app and verify your paycheck then access up to one hundred dollars a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use Earnin for unexpected doctor visits, vet bills, or even extra self help books. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, "When I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind." Download Earnin today, spelled E A R N I N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in noise under podcast when you sign up. It's really helpful to the show. Noise under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnincom slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Okay. So in 2016, and I the reason I remember this is because I just had to re-listen to one of my old podcast episodes where I was talking about this on the show. And quick up to speed, my dad died in 2016. I was the only one with him in the room when it happened. Um, we knew he was dying. He was in hospice. And when I was talking about it on the podcast, and I'm crying and I'm telling this story, and it was pretty fresh and new. And I said... When it happened, I felt like I suddenly turned into this little girl and I was looking for the adults in the room. Like I was 41 years old, but I was in such a a grown-up situation, like in the room with my dead dad and was like, I am not capable enough to be able to handle this and make decisions because the hospice nurse had asked me like when she was walking out the door, do you want the door closed? Because they were going to leave me with him for a little while, like as long as I needed. And it was like the hardest question to answer in my life. And I was like, like just sort of like i'd been like a rabbit that had gotten like hit over the head just like stunned Mm -hmm. like i don't know but i need a grown-up here to make those kind of decisions and to tell me what to do next Mm -hmm. with as i lay here with my father who is you know on his literal deathbed so that what you just said reminded me of that of like you know wanting to be able to feel like like when you don't at the time you don't have the coping skills <laughs> to deal with whatever it is that's going on that was a moment where i was like a little bit of dissociation yeah <laughs> like so it just it, it just was interesting anyway so yeah that's the r
1: yeah that's <laughs> can i just say i i think i heard yeah, you, i heard that podcast <laughs> and um your brain doesn't know time and space you can go back And remember, so you could say to little Andrea, like, this is so scary for you and hard for you and be the grown up and say, I'll take care of shutting the door. You can go back and redo that. And it's like this huge Mm -hmm. relief, like there was somebody there. You can go back and redo that.
0: Yeah, I actually wrote a poem about it because one of my cathartic exercises to get me through moments like that is writing. And I wrote a poem and I said something about how a part of me broke off, you know, mm-hmm. again, parts work. I felt like a part of me broke off and walked over into the corner and crouched, crouched down and put her hands over her ears and screamed yeah. oh. as she was trying to turn back time. Mm. I was like, yeah, that's how I. that's exactly how I felt. And like and I think I said at the end of that poem, like that little girl is still there in the corner of the room.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to write poems too (laughs) to get my feelings out. I love doing that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that little girl can go be—you know—she can get a hug. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're moving on to E. So what's so what's the E? So E is ease, and this is so important because ease is about the body. So the first mm-hmm. thing we want to do, you know, when we're looking at reparent, we want to look at it holistically. So the mind, the body, um, the emotions and uh, the spiritual or mind, body and soul or spirituality, whatever spirituality is for the person. So ease is the body. And the idea is to create that internal safety. Sometimes we do not feel safe inside our own body and this could take years, this could take a lot of work, but we really want to be working on that kind of somatic piece of finding that internal safety and that will create that self-trust and the sense of ease. So just noticing, noticing the sensations, noticing like, oh, you know, I'm going into a crowded place or there's a lot of noises here or this TV show or this podcast or this experience is making me feel uneasy or this conversation. Mm -hmm. How is it showing up in my body? How is it showing up in my chest, in my stomach, at temperature, you know, really checking in and then using that, breath work or uh, meditation or mindfulness to create that sense of ease. It's really hard to be quiet with yourself. You know, when you first come into recovery, how busy we keep all the time, I still do. And that's one yeah. of my coping mechanisms stay really busy. I used to not like to be alone. Now I love it, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, just being quiet with yourself. So ease is really about s- finding safety and s- self-regulation. The, the other part of it is if you grew up in a home that was not um, self-regulated or you weren't being co-regulated with, um, so if, the, if your home was chaotic or there was addiction or people were just really busy working all the time or for whatever the stressors were due to overwork or poverty or racism or, you know, all different experiences that people might have, they could have create a, a home that did not feel safe. You're really going to want to create that internal safety now as an adult, you know, and just let your inner parts know, I'm here now, you're safe now. So that's ease. I like the concept of ease. So what is the P? P is protect. And like I said, that, you know, essential parts of um, childhood are nurture, protect, and guidance. So, protect is really learning how to protect your time, your physical body, your mind, what what are you ingesting and looking at, um, your emotions, like getting to know your emotions. You know, how we come in with just like, or you know, a lot of people... I myself had three emotions Mm -hmm. when I first got sober. It was either sad, happy, or mad, or, you know, like it was very limited. And then I saw that feelings wheel and I was like, oh my gosh, there's all this nuance, you know, there could be like melancholy or, you know, disappointment. And so just really getting to protect and know your, your different emotions and um, protecting yourself is really about, for me, it's about, Noticing, am I being hypervigilant right now? How can I protect myself? Again, creating that internal safety. It's about setting boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Protecting, yes, protecting yourself through setting boundaries, which boundary setting just sometimes for me, it's taken years to really develop, um, that capacity to protect myself in that loving way and, and set boundaries in a way that helps me protect my capacity to love others.
0: Oh, boundaries. Uh, it's yeah, that could be a whole different conversation <laughs> for another time. But <laughs> okay, so that's the P. And then are we on? I think we're on A. a we're on, right, we're on four, right. Yeah. A. So A is a line, and
1: this is so now we are into the fourth letter. So we're now coming into alignment with you know alignment with our true selves. Like what? What are our priorities? What is it we really want in this one short life? You know, this is, this is my life. I get to do it my way. What is it? Am I Mm -hmm. living in alignment with, um, what's really important to me? What's true to me? Um, you know, this means saying no to things and saying yes to Mm -hmm. things. Um, so getting in that kind of, you know, mental, spiritual, emotional, physical alignment with the person that you want to be. And again, this is creating that sense of trustworthiness that we're not wanting to live one way, but living another way. We're really coming into that alignment. And that's really also about integration. Um, I think the experience that I had was that I was like different people. Like the person that I showed to the outside world, and then the person who was, you know, drinking, and the person who was, Mm -hmm. so that kind of chameleon, people pleasing, you know, where you feel really just like split into different people. It's really about coming in alignment. It's also about integrating all the parts. And so all the parts are communicating with each other and are, you know,
0: you're feeling comfortable in your own skin. You're feeling like you're actually just one person. It sounds a little bit like values work. Is that um, kind of what it is? Alignment? Well, tell me more about that. Well, so, you, cause I like that you were saying alignment is about living. You said something like living as the person that you want to be about like what's important to your life. Yes. And like, that's what I call value. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you want to be, uh, if you want to live your life from a place of, you know, I, I get a lot of clients who say authenticity and or courage. It's like, well, and I always say like, you know, your, your values are never wrong. And some people think like, well, I can't have that on my list because I've been, you know, drinking too much and people pleasing and perfectionism. And I, I am codependent and I won't have hard conversations. And so, but it's like, okay, well, those were your coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. that served you. Mm -hmm. I know there's a saying in Alcoholics Anonymous, which I, you know, have my beef with them and with some things, but some of their sayings are amazing. And one of them is it works until it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like people pleasing, Works. You know, you learned it in childhood because you had to, and and it works. And now it doesn't because you're an adult and you are wanting to be more in alignment.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's the fawn response. I'm so glad you brought that yeah. up because we can think about it, in our childhood do we go into freeze? Do we go into flight? Do we go into fight? Do we think we could actually fight back? Or do we go into fawning and just mm-hmm. understanding with compassion that those are just, you know, stress or trauma responses, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to circle back to one thing we were talking about before. Um you said the the feelings wheel. I'm just going to let y'all google that cuz there's so many great ones. There's one particular one and you can buy like pillows, like my my therapist's office has it on a pillow, the feelings wheel. So yeah, just do a quick Google search for feelings wheel and you'll see it. It's very eye-opening about all of the feelings. Okay, so the A is align and then what is the so this is the second R. The second
1: R is reimagine so this is where we get to reimagine our our lives as we want them to be so again just working on like here i am now in whatever my adult body and reimagine what would my life be like if i was truly reparenting myself so this is kind of like lost dreams um the wishes and dreams that you had as a child or maybe that you never had and that you want to yeah. have now and really allowing yourself to have to be in that dreamlike place and uh, maybe pursue passions that you let go of. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'll hear people say, like, I used to paint a lot as a teenager, or I always wanted to XYZ. So this is really about um, reimagining and tapping into that intuitive place, the place that mm-hmm. that where our dreams
0: are. I assume that during this phase of the process, you might get people who feel grief around a childhood that they never had, or they weren't allowed to have, or that they didn't allow themselves to have. Does that happen a fair amount? I am so glad you brought up grief.
1: Grief is a huge part of it. I'm just going to say right now, reparenting is not easy. It's so much
0: better. You mean it's not, they're they're not signing up for fun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like reparenting yourself is life changing and it's so worth it, but there are, there's grief work. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Really. It's grief work. Um, I'll just tell a little story, side note. Um, So uh, I have a sister who's also doing um, inner child work and reparenting. Mm -hmm. And she came up with the idea of bereavement camp um, because we lost our dad when we were little mm-hmm. um i was 8 she was 4 and um we never went you know we weren't taken at the time i don't even know if it existed to any type of like um counseling or you know br- mm-hmm. bereavement or or, yeah. or grief help. And so um, she came up with this idea of bereavement camp for our little kids. And, you know, we just can kind of playing around with that. Like, what what does that mean? What does that look like? You know, we've Googled bereavement camp and what are some of the activities and some of them we... Yeah, they have it. I I saw a TikTok about it. Yeah, now it exists. I follow that. I follow a bereavement Uh camp that feels really nurturing for me to follow things that you know, like the school that I went to from second to fifth grade, I follow them. You know, There's ways that you can really nurture yourself. So this idea of bereavement camp is to understand that there's unexpressed grief. Um, And then the other thing you said is important is like, what about those lost dreams of the childhood you didn't have? I spent a long Mm. time in that place. And I think it's okay to spend a long time in a place of blame or a place of anger, a place of like, What if, you know, my dad hadn't died and he was a scientist Mm -hmm. and I would have been, I would have received more help with math and maybe my, you know, like all these kind of what ifs, I think it's okay to kind of explore them and exhaust them and just feel really sad about them. And then finally, when it's natural to come to a place of acceptance, like that, that's Mm -hmm. not what happened. I think that's, you know, merging out of denial is when you
0: get to just let it play out. I like that. I agree with you that it's okay to to have whatever feelings you need to have around things that didn't happen. It just the container, you know, just watch out for the container. That's why it's good to do this like with a therapist or you know like the really deeper work is to so you don't get stuck there and and live there and then base your behavior on it. And so, thanks for sharing that. That's that's really interesting. I'm sure a lot of people can can relate to that. So, what that was the second R and we are on the letter E
1: so e is embody so now we're at the place where we've learned about reparenting it's kind of stayed up here in the in the head space in the Mm -hmm. mind Mm -hmm. we're dropping now into our body we're really embodying what it looks like to reparent ourselves on a daily basis so these are just in small ways you know um, there's so many different fun activities you can do to really get yourself in touch with your inner children, your inner teen, your inner child. And so maybe that is picking up a paintbrush and doing some painting. Maybe that's Googling the top 100 songs when you were in fifth grade and dancing in your living room.
0: Ooh, I like that one.
1: <laughs> maybe there was, a, you know, if you know favorite thing that you like to play with or food or something that is nostalgic for you, or just going outside, walking barefoot in the grass or going outside at, at night and looking at the stars. Um, so this is a real embodiment of, re- you know, dropping from the mind into the body. So the embodiment of reparenting yourself. So grounding yourself, integrating, yeah, feeling more settled and safe in your own
0: body. I'm, I imagine that like yoga, meditation, or some other—I uh, was going to say popular ones. Like, I don't know. they are probably like common, yeah. Common modalities and methods to to integrate that particular lesson. And it's interesting, and I think a lot of us—and by I say us, because you know me too—we like to stay up in our head about it. We like to intellectualize the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's why so much of Brene Brown's work resonates with me because it's like, okay, I can learn the step-by-step process. I can talk about it. I can teach it. I can think about it. But when it actually comes to integrating it, that's actually why a lot there's a lot of um, art projects and creative projects within the Brene Brown work. That's their way of, of embodying it. And I get a lot of pushback with that
1: mm-hmm. with my clients.
0: Mm-hmm. They either totally skip it and they come back to a session and they're like, I didn't do it. And I was like, okay, we do some coaching around it. (laughs) They do end up doing it in some way or another, but it's, I'm glad that that's part of of the work because the somatic part of it is so important. It really can't be skipped when you're doing this kind of deep work.
1: Yeah. And I, I find that it just happens, you know, just suddenly they're like, oh, I reparented myself in this moment, or I really, you know, I suddenly paused and I got in touch with that inner and you know, whatever that looks like. So you're starting to feel these, the reparenting
0: in your body. Exactly. It's the feeling in your body. We're going to take one more ad break. And then when we get back, we're going to, we're going to finish up the last two. Mm-hmm. I want to do the things that matter to me for as long as possible, which is why I drink AG1 every morning to support my brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm laying the groundwork for long-term health." I know with AG1, I'm giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to have them as a long-time partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusive exclusively at drinkag1.com slash noise. That's drinkag1.com slash noise. Check it out. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? I mean, that's what this show is all about, right? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you can do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscribers sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Babbles designed by real people for real conversations. Their courses are so convenient and have helped me learn real-life conversation skills in Spanish. It's so easy to learn how to order food. That's where I get the most excited to use it at Mexican restaurants or ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while on vacation, etc. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel.com slash noise. Get 50% off at Babbel.com slash noise, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash noise. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, so we are on the we're, we can smell the barn. So we are in the on N, right? What is N? N is nurture.
1: So, like I said before, you've got the you know protection, the nurture, guidance. So nurture is about caring, really learning how to care for yourself. I know that I, you know, would hear about self love or someone would ask me like, "What are you doing to take care of yourself?" You know, when I was like knee-deep, you know, with three kids and (laughs) drinking my wine at night. I was like, are you kidding me? Who has time for bubble baths? An entire (laughs) bottle of wine. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) That was my self-care. Exactly. And who has time for bubble baths or or yoga classes, I used to think, you know, so like that, this idea of nurturing or um, nurturing yourself really is about um, getting in touch with the inner child. And then it becomes so much easier. It becomes so much easier to, um, do the things that you want to do when you know that you're protecting her. I use she, her pronouns. So when I'm, I'm protecting her, I'm much less likely to pick up a drink because I'm not going to give little about the alcohol, right? When I'm protecting her, I'm much, um, it's much easier to set boundaries because I'm doing it for 100%, her. Yeah. So this is this exquisite self-care, the same, Kind of care you would give a newborn baby or little puppy or it, just that exquisite nurturing and nurturing is really about feeding. So you could say feeding your soul, feeding yourself physically. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Feeding your mind. What do you, you know, and so it's, the, it's that taking care of piece that is really hard to do. And it's kind of like, how do I even do that? And it just becomes mm-hmm. much more natural once you get kind of attuned to your own, um, inner self.
0: I'm sure it, it it helps a little bit more cuz you cuz this is towards the end. So you've learned things about yourself about what's working, what feels extra um nurturing. <laughs> yeah, what feels extra nurturing. So that's that's I love that. Okay, and then the very last one, what is what is T? The last
1: one is trust and this is what's kind of been a theme throughout all of them is developing this self-trust, right? So this is about being consistently um kind of re- consistently to yourself. And what I really want to emphasize, this is not about adding more to your plate. This is not adding something to your to-do list, like, oh, on top of it all, now I have to reparent myself. <laughs> this should be something that's very easy and small and simple, as, as, as simple as you notice yourself getting activated in a family situation, mm-hmm. and you just pause and you put your hand on your heart and you take a deep breath. Or you take a five-minute break and go into the bathroom and just ground yourself. Or yeah. you just, you say no to the thing and stay home in your pajamas. You, you create a, sp- a safe place in your, um, in your house where you have a weighted blanket and dim lighting and pretty music. So it's just really yeah. about um, doing something that's simple and it's building that that trust. So the T is for trust, learning to trust yourself that you have now become a trustworthy adult to yourself.
0: I love this so much. I didn't know this acronym before we got on this call. Like I knew that, you know, you did this work and I knew some of the aspects of it, but I didn't know it step by step and I I'm just just so honored to not only hear it from you but to be able to introduce it to everyone here. I want to I want to just say one thing about really the whole method. Cause you said, you know, sometimes we're in family situations where we get activated. Oh God. So, <laughs> you know, speaking of parts work too, I find that as a facilitator of this work, you know, someone who is very seasoned, experienced, trained, Uh, up to my eyeballs. Uh, And because I live it and breathe it, it's easy for me to, I've developed a part of myself that I call the the expert part of me. And, And I imagine me with like different hats on. So this particular hat that I have on, many times it's easier for me to come at particular difficult family situations, whether it's my family of origin or other family members with that expert hat on. Because it allows me to remove my inner child. It allows me to remove like the hurt part of myself, the triggered part of myself. So, but it is like a piece of armor that I wear. But what's also interesting is that when I am in, when I drop in like literal physically with my family, how quickly that hat gets thrown in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't just take it off. It's like in the landfill and i immediately resort back to being the youngest of five the one who always felt like she never was allowed to grow up and everyone just kind of like pats her on the head like isn't andrea cute like you, you know the 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 inter- entertainer etc cetera, etc cetera. and how all of my tools go out the window and how quickly i get my feelings hurt mm-hmm. how quickly i take things personally how quickly i resort to just being completely toolless, strategyless. Like, and so I I I say all of that to just, you know, relate to those of you who find yourselves, you know, this is coming out around the holidays. So if you're in that setting and you get activated, you get triggered, to have, and I love that you said, you know, you just put your hand on your heart because what I have found it's about now that I've interviewed so many people who are somatic practitioners, it is about calming your nervous mm-hmm. system. Like at the end of the day, all of this work is about calming your nervous system. And so when you have uh, exercise, even if it's just as simple as putting your hand on your heart, that can make all the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that you're suddenly healed, but it's like it, it just, it's grounding and it, it's just, it's nurturing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I, I, I've actually thought that like really all this is, is about, feeling safe in your own body about Mm self-regulation and um because otherwise we're up in our heads and our heads are in the past or the future you know that's byron katie in the past or the future in the dream state and we're not in the present moment we are that that five-year-old and i also just want to say like with the family with our whatever you know our either our birth family or the family that we've Created in our adult life, um, that's a high need relation. Those are high need relationships, right? So Mm -hmm. that's where that's where it's the hardest, for sure.
0: I found that to be so so much with parents and siblings, Mm -hmm. and how quickly I personally drop into. It's almost like a I I find myself like even the the pitch of my voice changes. Mm -hmm and the that i drop into this place of almost like desperation mm. with family of origin
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: like i'm desperate for you to hear me i'm desperate for you mm. to see me i'm desperate for you to understand me and that is i don't i don't know if dangerous is and by dangerous i don't mean that that other people put me in danger i put myself mm-hmm, in danger mm-hmm. in those places because i i become incredibly vulnerable i don't say the right things I put all of my feelings on them and my expectations on them to hear me, to understand mm-hmm. me, to listen. And it's it, it it I I think part of my work is, you know, I talk about this a lot and how the goal isn't to never go to those places. Mm-hmm. The goal is to recognize quickly that you're in mm-hmm. it so that you can utilize the tools that you have that you learn on this podcast, that you read about in books, that you learn in workshops and with coaches and therapists so you can heal yourself. So you can nurture yourself. So all of that. So yeah, hopefully that helps people feel seen, understood. <laughs> Cause me
1: too. A hundred percent. And I will say like, th- I love that example because that helps you tune into, you know, one of the, what, what is one of the wounds? So you, everybody has like a different, you know, misunderstanding or story or, you know, nobody hears me, nobody listens to me. That's one of yeah. mine. Right. And so the First promise that I made to my inner child from my inner loving place was, I will always listen to you. Um, the second mm-hmm. one was, I will always protect you because I did not feel protected. So mm-hmm. it's, it's great to notice. It's wonderful to notice what are the things that are coming up for me? What's the messaging and what, what do I want from other people? And then you can give yeah. that to yourself and let your, mm-hmm. you know, inner child know, Hey, we're going to go into this situation. You don't have to go. You can nap. You can um, be drawing in the corner. I'm going to handle this, and we're not going to stay long. And uh, mm-hmm. no matter what, I will always listen to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's so key. Just this last part that you said is is figuring out what it is that you're deeply, deeply needing and and wanting, or that, you know, in the past that you that you did and probably still in this moment as an adult. And I want to say this, I want to make sure that we 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 say this before we close up. And this is never intended to blame or shame parents. I'm a firm believer that they did the best that they could. As a parent myself, I constantly worry (laughs) that I am like setting up my children for trauma. And the truth is I am. Like I could have the best intentions. I could have all the tools. I could be the best in this business and it does not matter. Like my children are going to experience how I show up in the world, how their father shows up in the world, how other people show up in the world. They're going to have their own experience and they're going to need probably different things that I make up that they need that they can't even articulate yet, you know, that they're not going to know until they're adults. So I've always said this, like, no matter how hard I try, they're going to end up talking about me in therapy someday. And I just need to accept it and just do the best I can. Mm -hmm. And and learn to clean up any messes that I have made. And when the time comes for them to tell me about their experience, hear them and do my best to understand them without being defensive, Mm -hmm. without blaming and just understand. Because I think that's the part that this is part that's going to make me cry. <laughs> I think that's the part that so many of us don't get as adults, like when we try to articulate, mm-hmm. you know, and we're just, we're not blaming, like, this is what I experienced. Mm-hmm. We get defensiveness, we get blame, we get dismissal, mm-hmm. and, and then we're just re-triggered and back to where we started. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say that, like, as a parent who has parents, that's my, that's my big opinion on that.
2: I
1: love that you're saying that. And I want to reiterate that this work is not about you don't have to immediately go to forgiveness. It's about really taking, it's called in Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families, which is a 12-step program, Mm -hmm. they call it taking a blameless inventory where you really just look at your family tree and see how it couldn't have been any other way. And all this stuff just gets passed down. And then- Kelly McDaniels often says, don't use the work of mother hunger to blame yourself if you are a parent yourself. So if you have children, this, the idea is not to use this, these ideas to continue to beat yourself up, but 100% and I've had this opportunity because my children are now adults and so I've had this opportunity of like when they're coming to you with you know their true real experiences from the child from childhood and I do not do this perfectly I do feel Mm -hmm. defensive inside I do feel like what I tried so hard and I was trying to you know but the the best thing I can do is just stay quiet stay really present and just get curious about their experience and And appreciate that they want to let me know Appreciate that we have that
0: connection. Appreciate that they want to let you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. We are out of time and I would love to have made this, you know, 30 minutes longer. So tell people how they can learn more about this particular work and then anywhere else that you want to send them.
1: So my website is my name, sabelbotron.com.
0: And And that'll be in the
1: show notes. Mm -hmm. And I am offering this year um, different reparent groups by the time this comes out there will be two groups starting in January so people can there's one on Wednesdays and one on Sundays people can find that I'm also now a mother hunger trained facilitator and I'll be offering oh, neat! I didn't know that they had that awesome Yeah, I just completed it was a 12 month program with Kelly McDaniel so now I'm offering educational introductions to mother hunger kind of courses and then I also have my inner child class for beginners.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Should people start with the inner child class for beginners? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And we'll put all of those in the, in the show notes so people can go. And, and I, you know, I, I endorse your work. I don't, I don't say this. I say this about very, very few people I have on the show because I don't, just because I don't know intimately people's people's work who I have on the show, but I absolutely endorse your work. I think it's so. whether you're someone in recovery or not, this is not recovery focused, right?
1: No. In fact, a lot of people that come to me are, I tend to get people who are either sober or sober curious,
0: but that doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be your thing. Okay. It doesn't take up a lot of the space in the the program.
1: No, not at all. In fact, it doesn't actually really come up. People are in different places as far as substances or whatever they're, curious about. Um, so that's mm-hmm. not a requirement. Because we're all recovering from something. Exactly. I will say it is for self-identified women and non-binary folks who identify with women's community.
0: Okay. That's the majority of my listeners anyway. So thank you so much for being here. It's been just, a, just an honor to hear more about your work. And listeners, thank you so much for for tuning in. I'm so incredibly grateful for your time. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. I would be so incredibly grateful if you haven't done so already. If you could leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Super easy if you already listen to your shows over there. Um, But if you don't, or maybe you have the app on your phone, but you listen to this show on a different app, if you could leave a review for this show, it matters so much. I wish I could express how much it matters. I also wish that it didn't matter so much, but alas, it does. So if you haven't already, please go review and rate the show. It would mean so much to me. And thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing day.